G'day friends, welcome back. This is one, this is an episode that I've thought about doing for a little while now. Um, why do we love Star Wars? And when I say we, I mean other people who feel the same way that I do. Other people who are, like, there are, there are different tiers and I'm not the most intense tier, believe it or not. There are people who live this stuff, they can read Orabesh, they know every single species, they've read every book, all of that. I'm not quite at that level, I'm probably at the level underneath, or maybe the level underneath that, but there is a group of people who are very, very passionate about, excuse me, about Star Wars and, you know, the Star Wars universe, and, you know, loads of people, they like Star Wars, it's, it's, pretty popular in the zeitgeist but I think a lot of people get a little bit lost when you start to get really into the nitty-gritty and you start to they really begin to understand that this is something that you are borderline maybe not even borderline obsessed with right when you've seen all the shows all the films multiple times and, you know, I think, I think when you get to the point when you're thinking about it, when you're not consuming it, I think that is getting towards obsession when it's something like this. And people feel the same way about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or, you know, Game of Thrones. There's all these different fantasy, you know, not just fantasy, but there's lots of different, um you know, products, trademarks, whatever you want to call them, like that, that people have an equal obsession for. Harry Potter, I imagine, would be on a very similar level to Star Wars and the, you know, the addiction that some people have for it. But I thought I would just take an episode to sort of really, and like, I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot of prep. I didn't like write a whole lot of stuff down that I wanted to say. I'm just going to sort of like flesh out my thoughts as they come, and I think that's the best way to sort of give people who don't have this kind of obsession over this kind of stuff a bit of insight into how our brains work. So let's get into it. kind of the thing about all those different, you know, um, you know, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, all that I mentioned before, there is a really genuine magical property to them. Like, they, most of them are not based in our reality, and if they are, they are based in like a branch of it that is not plausible. Um... 
there is a really strong element of escapism. You can travel off to another galaxy, to Middle Earth, to Hogwarts, what have you, and just get away from it all. There's there's very little that can remind you of the, the grind of day-to-day life. And what's really, really cool about Star Wars is the opening frame of every film a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. What that does is give the franchise the biggest possible sandbox to play in that you could imagine, right? Because a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is vague enough to be literally anything and everything and all of time, right? Like the Star Wars that we have, right, that's in canon, you know, spans less than a hundred years, right? So what is great about Star Wars is that there is an infinite amount of things that can be explored, an infinite number of characters, right? Even now we're getting, like we've had shows like The Clone Wars and Rebels and we're getting into The Mandalorian, hours and hours of content branching off into different planets and concepts and characters and all this stuff. And it's so exciting because there is always something new that can be coming over the horizon. Whether it is a new show like The Mandalorian with new characters that you know comes back to old characters a little bit or, you know, revisiting the the original, you know, saga by continuing the films with Ray and Luke and you know Kylo and all that, there is literally an unlimited space for creation and creativity. You've got these new people who are really running the show in Dave Filoni and Taika Waititi a little bit. That they are, and um, John Favreau, they are the creators now, and they can do really anything they want, anything they want. Like Taika Waititi's working on a film that's going to be set in the Old Republic before anything that we've seen, right? You know. John Favreau and Dave Filoni are building something with the Mandalorian that, that's, that's, again, it's within the time period that we've seen, but it is a little block inside a time period that we haven't seen with a lot of characters that we haven't seen. It, it's, there is something about that that's so exciting. It's always exciting for Star Wars fans. And it's kind of funny that, there is literally an infinite number of characters that could pop up in a Star Wars product, but when ones that we've seen before come back, we get the most excited, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, Star Wars has this magic, and Star Wars has something that, like, it obviously gets compared to Star Trek a lot. Very similar, not just in name, but in sort of, you know, idea. Out of space, different species, whatever, right? What Star Wars has that separates it and Lord of the Rings has this a little bit as well is the magic right 
Star Wars has the Force. The Force is the bread and butter of what Star Wars is. It's the special sauce if Star Wars is a Big Mac, right? It's what makes it Star Wars. It's... The Jedi, like a lot of, like, another cool thing about Star Wars is there's something for everybody, right? There's always, there's that many different characters and groups. There's something that everyone can relate to. Some people really like the Rebels. Some people really like the Empire. Some people really like the clones. Some people really like the Jedi, right? And the Jedi, the Jedi are probably my favorite thing. Like, the Jedi and the Force are... There, oh, I don't even know how to describe why it's such a cool thing to have, right? It, it's, you know, basically what it, like it is Star Wars. It's just a whole bunch of war in space. But then you throw in these monk-like samurai-esque kind of characters who can be enormously complex on their own and have interesting ideologies and change sides and like the, the some of the best in fact most of the best and most complex characters in Star Wars are Jedi or Sith or are force sensitive in some way, right? Obviously the saga is built around Anakin Skywalker, right? One of the greatest characters ever concocted execution not perfect not as bad as people say but not perfect fair enough but the idea of this kid being rescued from slavery taken into this you know honestly this cult-like group being one of if not the most powerful individual that this group has ever seen them the kid being raised and trained by this group, but then being corrupted and, you know, the, the seed of doubt being planted in his mind, a, a deep-seated rage and fear being tapped into by, you know, an evil that the, the group didn't know was there, and then the kid eventually turning to the dark side and then, you know, spreading that fear and that anger that he had throughout the galaxy for decades before realizing that, you know, that this didn't need to be, like, didn't need to be happening, that he could fix it, could right the wrongs and just the the angst and, and the heartbreak inside this one character. Like, my favourite scene in all of Star Wars is when Luke and Vader are speaking just in that corridor on Endor in Return of the Jedi. Luke's talking about how, you know, Father, you can come back, you know, you don't have to do this. And Vader just says, it's too late for me, son. I've spoken about this before, but he's basically conceding that he knows he's doing the wrong thing and he wished that he wasn't doing it, but that he's too far gone, right? Such a great moment from a really complex character and how complex he is is really underrated and that's just one character right you've got other great characters who had amazing development like ahsoka or maul who was killed off 
in the you know in Phantom Menace and then presumed dead forever until he was brought back in the Clone Wars and then his arc of obsession and anger again over Obi-Wan and all he wanted to do was get his revenge and it ate him up inside and eventually it just never eventuated and he spent decades just being angry and hateful and then eventually failing miserably and just dying sad and unfulfilled like there are so many really really interesting characters oh, that another really good thing about having an infinite sandbox is you can get so creative not just with characters but with different cultures you can build entire complex cultures with interesting species and animals like have an entire planet that's underwater and have different species under there with different political motives and then like you can have an entire planet that's inhabited inhabited ooh, inhabited by insect-like creatures that have a queen and a hierarchy but you know, are still intelligent, like, like, there is so much to explore, and it's just so cool to me, I don't know how to articulate it really well, but it's just so cool to me, just back onto the Force and the Jedi, the Force is cool, not just because it's cool, obviously it's cool to be able to lift things and, you know, do mind tricks on people and whatever, but it's the idea of the force as well. Not just that they can just, they can make the force be more and more whenever they want. They can add in force healing. They can add force lightning. They can add force sprint. They can do all this stuff if they want and have done. But it's the idea of what the force is. It's about, you know, this entity, not even an entity, that's the wrong word, this essence, this vibe, if you will, this energy that flows through all living things that only some, you know, beings can tap into and harness. And if you can harness it, it is a great responsibility and you must meditate on it and understand it and connect with it, not just like practice, but really connect with it not even in just your head, but in your soul. Like, it's a really, really well-thought-out aspect. Like, you could have the Jedi and the Force and the Sith be their own thing on their own. You could set it like Harry Potter. You could have it set on Earth in a, you know, sort of dimension that normal people can't actually... Like, but then you add in everything else, all the outer space and the different planets and the hyperspace and the ships and the, uh, and all of that there are so many dimensions of coolness that are available for mining it's 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 just so cool to me i i love the force so much and some of the best moments some of my favorite moments in star wars in, involve the force but but there's there's one when the Mandalorian came out at the end of 2019, started, like we knew it was about a bounty hunter who was from Mandalore. That's all we really knew about it. 
right? We knew when it was set as well, and that's about it. But then the end of the first episode comes, and he's collected a bounty on... Not collected a bounty, but he's hunting a bounty on a being that is an infant of the same species as Yoda. And Yoda's species is probably the species we know the littlest about in the Star Wars universe. So immediately, enormous amount of intrigue and mystery, right? Just from one, like a character that hasn't even done anything yet. It's an, it's, a, it's an amazing choice. Probably the most brilliant decision made in the last 20 years of Star Wars, right? And, and then the next episode, have it be revealed that not only is this child Force-sensitive, but extremely powerful. And, and that was the moment where everyone who knew what was going on was like, this Mandalorian show is going to be special. Because they took something that sounds pretty basic, a bounty hunter, and they incorporate the Force into it. They incorporate a child that needs to be protected, but also doesn't need to be protected, right? It, it was It's... A brilliant move because the Force is, like I said, it's the special source, right? You want to make Star Wars content without the Force, it better be really fucking good. And even then, you really need to sprinkle the the, the source, the Force, in there as well. You just got to, because it is the magic. It's a big, big part of the magic. I've been watching a lot of Rebels lately. If, you, if you're not on top of Rebels, there is not... Uh, like, at the moment, Rebels is the best Star Wars show that there is. It's better than The Clone Wars. Uh, not a lot of people think that, but it is better than The Clone Wars. Fire me, sorry. And at the moment, it's better than The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian isn't finished yet, but at the moment, it's better. Um, and the reason I love Rebels so much is because it gets so much into the nitty-gritty of the Force. It goes into Jedi hidden temples and you know there are these force sensitive well not force sensitive very uh force adjacent kind of creatures like the purgle which are whales that fly around in space and can travel through light speed right there is there's this giant tree moose creature called bendu who is an ancient being basically born out of the force like there's some really there are these thing called loaf wolves which are giant wolves that live on lothal which is a planet but they're also very connected with the force like there is so much amazing forcey stuff in rebels and it's it's you know while i've been re-watching it again it's what made me think to do this episode because it's just Really, really magic, some of the stuff they do. And another thing that Rebels does really well, that is done well without, throughout, sorry, all of Star Wars, is characters' relationships with one another. Like, you have Ahsoka, who is one of the best characters in all of Star Wars. She gets reunited with Rex, who is now a very old clone. And, you know, they haven't seen each other in decades. They had a really, really emotionally charged end to their time in the Clone Wars. They parted ways. We'll get more information about what they did in the interim in years to come, but 
they're, they're them getting reunited during Rebels is one of the more emotional scenes in Star Wars. Like, it isn't played up a lot. There isn't, like, a big build-up, you know, emotional music, but it gets me right in the feels every time. It's it's a serious moment, and there's, there's like, the character, like, Han and Chewie, what a brilliant idea. It's, you know, it's the it's the classic a man and his dog, right? But Chewie isn't a dog. He, he's a big, hairy man creature who just can't speak like other people speak. But their connection is really palpable. And there's so, so many more. Um, just on just what I thought of just them as music as well. Ask any Star Wars fan. The music is so important to everything. Like, again, other big franchises like this have great music. Lord of the Rings, great music. Harry Potter, great music. But the music, like, what music does in general, it, it can make you feel things that literal meaning cannot. Right? You can close your eyes, shut off all your senses except for one, and just take it all in and let it take you on a journey. Right? Music can make you feel sad, happy, energized, nostalgic, really almost any emotion. And Star Wars music, you know, a lot of it is nostalgia, a lot of it is, like, energization. But the like the work that's been done by John Williams and and others like Ludwig Göransson doing the Mandalorian, Michael Giacchino did Rebels. There's been lots of others who've done really really good work. Um, but John Williams' understanding of music and emotion is world class. Like, take the most famous piece of music in. Star Wars, the Force theme, or Binary Sunset, whatever you want to call it. It's it's played a lot, but, you know, originally played over the top of Luke just watching a double sunset. That's all it is. It's just a dude looking at two suns setting over the one horizon, right? But then you put over the top this this beautiful, angelic, like... Like it's coming in from the ether, like it, like it's the music so perfectly fits the magic that exists in the Star Wars universe. Like it's hard to explain. Like I wish I was more of a a music head, so I understood why it makes me feel the way it makes me feel. But like this year, I've been learning to play the piano a little bit, and the very first thing I taught myself was the force theme. It's not a very difficult piece, I'll have you know, but it's the very first thing I learned because it just makes me feel something. It makes me feel good, for sure. It makes me feel all kinds of emotional. It's a really, really powerful piece of music for me. And then there's other great bits of music in Star Wars. Jewel of the Fates is, like, as epic as you can get. And you've got Leia's theme which is just beautiful. Ray's theme, which has like, you know, 
hints of excitement of the journey ahead, you know, a little bit of naivety, like, it's brilliant, like, and even Goranson's work on The Mandalorian, this, you know, lone gunslinger, but in space, like, somehow he captured that perfectly, like, Star Wars, probably, like, in my opinion, has the best music of any fantasy franchise, it's just perfect. Lord of the Rings is not bad. It's hard to compete with Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings is such a small sample size. Star Wars has had a lot more content to work with. Um, but yeah, the music is a really, really big aspect of what makes it so special, at least for me. Um, but yeah, like, there's... What I keep coming back to is the limitlessness of it. There is just a endless sandbox of places, characters, ideas. Like, to take, like, to go from the original trilogy, which is pretty straightforward, goodies, baddies, light side, dark, light side, dark side, and, like, all that, but then go to the prequel trilogy, right, and not execute the film's to quite the same standard, but to take real risks by diving into political intrigue and, like, Senate debate and, like, all this sort of stuff. Really, really risky move, but to make that choice to take... Right, we've got an entire galaxy in this action-adventure fantasy, you know, franchise, but we're going to go into politics now and, like, how wars actually start, like, such an interesting choice, and that is something that is so cool about everything that there is in Star Wars. And, you know, at some point, we're going to go back into the Old Republic, and we're going to get to see Sith and Jedi fighting en masse against each other, and it'll just be an awesome overwhelming of our, you know emotions and senses and it'll be great but there's there's no limits to what can be created in this universe they can invent new planets wherever they want because the galaxy is infinite it's infinite they can make it as big as they want they make it as small as they want right like i I don't know how many planets have been covered in all of like the tv and the films it'd be at least a hundred I would imagine, only a hundred planets, right? There are so, so many more that they could come up with, more interesting species, more interesting groups. Like, that, there are, there are like, a half a dozen really big crime cartels that operate in, you know, in the Star Wars galaxy. Like, they could dive into that. Like, that is the biggest thing. Just, I think that's what Star Wars fans really love, just all the different things that can be made up, all the different characters that can be related to. There is something for everyone in Star Wars. If you think, if you sort of look down your nose at Star Wars or people that are really nuts about that sort of thing, trust me, there is something here for everyone. There is something in it for little kids, for adults, for people who have families, for people who have friends, for people who, you know, have certain jobs for people who believe certain things politically like there is 
everything, or the potential for everything, at least, which, you know, combined with the magic of the force and the magic that is the music and the brilliant characters and, like, the potential for really emotionally deep characterization and concepts it's i'm i will never stop loving this franchise because it's always going to pop up something new all the time which is really great and other things will do that as well there's always room to grow with any franchise but unless star wars just and star wars it starts when you're young usually like there's a generation of kids who their first films have been these new films and I feel a little bit bad for no I'm kidding but like my first films were the prequels I reckon the first one I ever saw was Attack of the Clones I, um, I think that was the first one I ever saw and then you know you get introduced to the originals and like all the characters you see how it all interconnects and how they all know each other and where they've all been and it is just special and it is the best kind of escapism because it's just fun. It's another thing. Star Wars is just fun. Like there's plenty of really heavy stuff that you can get into if you want, but it's also just fun. There's a lot of really good lighthearted stuff as well. It's just got everything. Um, th that is where I've ended up in this rant that Star Wars just has something for everyone and I think that is what makes it really special. And if you're not, you know, if you like it a little bit and you're looking for something to, you know, maybe you're somewhere in the world that's in a lockdown at the moment, get into Disney Plus and just start to absorb. Maybe you've seen all the films, but you've never seen the shows. Start watching the shows. Just because it's cartoon does not mean it's not for you. Right, they might be cartoons, but there's a lot of stuff in there that is not for kids, right? So, yeah, Star Wars has something for everyone, and it is very, very special to me, and I hope I've been able to convey why that is. All right, thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, remember to like and subscribe and review and comment and tweet and Snapchat and myspace and all those things all right i'll catch you guys next time bye